Luke chapter 18. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. Jesus said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while the judge refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them, and yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Jacob said, I will not let you go. The second letter to Timothy reminds him to be persistent when the time is favorable or unfavorable. Jesus tells the disciples a parable to help them to pray always and not to lose heart. And he says, will not God grant justice to God's chosen ones who cry to God day and night? Because our gospel lesson is Jesus telling the parable of the woman and the unjust judge, I have been thinking a lot about justice this week. There are some days when I have to avoid the news because the truth is, in our world today, there is so much injustice. I don't know if you ever find that feeling yourself. Because of how connected our world is now, because of how connected our societies are, sometimes we just know too much and it feels like too much. Sometimes the injustice seems far away, violence across the world that becomes just a blip in the news cycle. Sometimes it's shootings or discrimination in our own country, in our own state. I spent last Sunday night at the women's prison in Gig Harbor, worshiping with the women there and getting to preach. And doing prison ministry long enough means I know the statistics of those who struggle with mental health, with addiction problems, with higher rates of imprisonment among people of color. I know that the women's prison, more than half of the women who are there are victims of domestic violence or sexual abuse. It's hard not to be present in that space with those women and not think about the injustices that they've experienced and the harm that those injustices have acted out in their lives. And when we see things that are heartbreaking in our own community, when we witness injustice, it can become just one more thing. One more thing for us to turn our eye to, one more thing to just dishearten us and tear us down to make us feel weary. And our community in Powlett's County is facing a lot of really big tasks. As part of a board that I'm on, I've been able to participate in several community charter meetings, which are big meetings where we have members of multiple different organizations in our community attend. I know Phyllis Cadence has come to the most recent one, representing the Child Adolescent Clinic and Healthcare Foundation. It's a big project, and we all gather together. And in that first meeting that I attended, the main goal was just to get a handle on what were the problems facing our community that we might focus on. 
child care and resources for those in poverty, for children with behavioral issues, and for their parents, lack of transportation, lack of connection between resources, lack of housing, the list went on and on. And when we see all this brokenness in our world, and even in our own community, and all these problems, they just seem so big. It's easy for us to get disheartened. It's easy for us to lose heart and to stop listening and that's real. I know for me, sometimes I just need to give my heart a little break. And sometimes I know that I can't. In our own community, one of the biggest things we are trying to navigate, especially around our churches, is how to care for those who are unsheltered, who are experiencing homelessness. For families, for victims of violence, places like Community House and the Emergency Support Shelter respectively provide a safe shelter throughout the year. For families in crisis, families that are often employed but unable to secure housing, the new Family Promise organization has been a huge start to provide care and resources and shelter as churches answer God's call to love our neighbor and care for those in need. As a community, we're doing some really wonderful things caring for those in need, but it's caring for those who are a bit more likable, a bit more palatable. We can understand the family who had a health crisis and lost housing. We can understand the need for victims of violence to have safe shelter. But for those in our community who are most on the outside, for those who are struggling in active addiction, for those with mental health illnesses that go untreated, for those who find themselves on the street, by the river, under the lion shelter, for those who are unsheltered, who are called trans transient or addicted or dangerous, there is currently no shelter for them. And as many of you know, since I've been praying my own prayers during our prayers of intercession each Sunday, the Kelso Longview Ministerial Association, which is an organization of pastors in our community, has been working hard for the last, like, six, seven months trying to provide a safe shelter on the coldest nights for people in need. And I've been sort of lucky, it's terrible for me to say that I've been lucky because I was the president of the Ministerial Association when these conversations started, but once they become, became tangible, my term ended, and I got to support them from the, from the inside outside instead of being a leader in that role. It's been lucky, but also I'm, I'm grateful that I can support them in this way instead. The shelter conversation had already started, but others took up the mantle before I could even suggest myself or suggest myself as a supporter. I was able to support them without having to be one of the leaders, one of the organizers of the project. And my job, my job was mainly just to pray, to keep praying, to pray some more. For every meeting, for every conversation, for every walk through and step taken, Jesus keeps reminding us to pray and not to lose heart. And in September, First Christian Church in Longview officially voted to upgrade their space and allow their space to be used for an emergency shelter during extreme cold weather events. And once the Ministerial Association had something tangible, it was time to move forward, involving the community, involving our city council, the neighbors around the church. And if you've read the Daily News in the last couple of weeks, you know that those conversations have not been easy. Even as someone who's not part of the organizing team, I feel like I have secondary anxiety for them. People in our community know that this is a need, but no one wants even a temporary emergency shelter in their backyard. 
No matter how many security measures are placed, no matter how many volunteers are participating, it just feels like a losing battle. But all of our readings today remind us that even when blessings or faith or justice seem out of reach, God is never far away. For Jacob, wrestling with a man for a blessing, he begins his story as people of faith, and we begin our story as people of faith in a wrestling match. Because blessings and faith are often a wrestling match with God, listening and praying and trying to understand what God is up to, even when it seems impossible, even when our hips hurt and we walk away with a limp. We're affected by the wrestling with God and with humans, the work of faith and justice, the roller coasters our hearts might travel on. But God's blessing is there throughout it. Timothy is being reminded to persevere in his faith, to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ, to proclaim that, that grace, that good news, when things are favorable, but also when things are unfavorable. At our association meeting last week, Pastor Mark from North Lake Church closed our meeting with a prayer. I found myself tearing up as he prayed for this community, as he prayed for the pastors and the community leaders, as he proclaimed Jesus' life as one who lived unsheltered, as one who had been displaced, as one who calls us through the gospel to care for all those in need. It was a long prayer. He's Baptist, but it was beautiful. And it was so needed. Like the reminder for Timothy, it was a prayer to find our hearts, to strengthen our hearts, and to connect us with the presence of God and Christ Jesus in our midst. And so when Jesus tells this parable to the disciples about their need to pray always and not to lose heart, I wonder what the disciples were thinking. Because the judge in the story that Jesus tells is really just the worst. He has no fear for God and no respect for anyone, but it's the woman's persistence. It's just too annoying for him to ignore. It's really a weird parable to then link with God's justice and God's answer of prayers, but I think, like in our world, in our community, the disciples know that there is so much injustice in the world. There are always those who will seek their own righteousness, their own will. There will always be those who will turn away from the poor or the needy because they don't fit into a particular mold. One of the hardest things about shelter planning as I have heard it, has been the fundraising piece. Many pastors and church volunteers are already signing up for shifts and for trainings for the coming months. We've all been praying so much through this process, and we just keep praying, and we pray some more. And all of this praying is reminding us to just keep on going, not to lose heart. And the reality is, fundraising is hard in our community no matter what, and with all of our churches participating in so many different ministries, from Family Promise to Community House to the Fish Food Pantry, and the list goes on and on, we have our own service projects that we're doing, and we start giving, that's coming up just next month. And so it makes sense that the fundraising piece has been sort of the part that's lacking, and the part that's causing more anxiety for the organizers than the community connections. But the association was hoping to gain funding through the city, and we don't know if that's going to happen or not. We hope to partner with our city council to partner as a full community, more than just churches, but churches and community organizations and our city, but there's no guarantee. And it costs $500 each night to staff and secure an emergency shelter, on top of the additional purchases and things that still need to be done. And so as of Tuesday, the shelter account was at $1,500. A good start. But as we move 
where we are noticing the nights getting colder and we're wondering. And so among all of this turmoil, among the discord in our community, among the support from our community, among the conversations and meetings and walkthroughs and steps, I think that it's easy for people to feel a little bit disheartened. And then on Thursday, the day after organizers met with neighbors to First Christian Church, feeling that disheartened feeling and wondering what God was really doing in all of this, a local charitable foundation told the organizers they would be writing a $15,000 check for the shelter. No, the current amount in the account, enough for 30 nights of shelter. And then last night at their fundraiser dinner, they raised another 5000 God is up to something in this community. Amen. And even with moments of blessing, of joy, of prayers that answered and hallelujahs saying, in all the ways we strive to serve God and to live as people of faith in this world, we can still find that sometimes it's hard. Striving with God and with humans, seeking God's justice, persevering with whatever God is calling us today is hard. Sometimes we forget to pray. Sometimes we do lose heart. Sometimes the struggles feel like just too much. Like there's too much in our world, in our community, and we want to just turn it off. But Jesus is born into this world with all of its injustice, with all of its unfavorable times, with all of its wrestling and pain, Jesus knows what it feels like to be unsheltered, to be displaced. Jesus knows what it feels like to feel like what he's trying to do is impossible. Jesus lives his life sharing his ministry of grace and healing and also food for those who need it. Jesus goes to the cross to face this world's injustice because God's justice is for those who cry out to God. Jesus dies and rises from the dead to find our hearts, to fill our hearts with love and grace and hope that God hears all of our prayers so that we might proclaim the message of God's love and grace for us, for our community, and for the world, so that we might be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, so that like Jacob, we might wrestle with God's presence and God's call in our lives, so that as we strive with God and with humans, we might find God's blessings in the midst of everything, because God's blessing for us is always there. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.